welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Rosemary Giles. And I'm your co-host, Laura Munoz. And we are here today with Eric Zwicker. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, how's it going? Great to be here. All right, well, why don't we get started? Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your research? Yeah. So uh, my name is Eric Zwicker. I'm a musicology PhD student. I'm in my third year. Got one more year to go, hopefully. Um, should wrap it all up. Uh, I've been doing music for a long time. I did my undergrad here at Western in a popular music degree is what it's called. So again, how I kind of explain that is just, it's not classical music. Anything but classical music is what it is. And so I've just been doing that. And then I went to England, do my master's in songwriting, and that was super cool. And then I loved music so much and I loved school so much that I thought I would postpone the real world for a little bit longer and decided to get my PhD in musicology. And then that's now when kind of, I guess, my research project really came to fruition and where I started to tie in and um investigate my indigenous roots and my indigenous background and my supervisor and I kind of had this idea to do a music dissertation but really tie in indigenous methodology and like my background so I'm currently doing that I'm researching all about my culture and I'm researching all about kind of music in general and just I get to play music and that's kind of what I've been up to for my three years so far, nothing to complain about when you get to play music all day. That's amazing. And it leads me, it leads me to two different questions. The first one is, what is musicology? Uh, what does it mean? Like, I've, I, I'm not really familiar with it. And the other one is, how, uh, how do you get to study indigenous uh, culture through music? Right. So really... First off, I don't think anyone knows what musicology means. I think they just added ology at the end of music and they said, okay, let's put it in university. That's good enough for us. And so really the study of musicology is so broad. You know, you have people that specialize in what they want to do. You can specialize in degree in classical music if you wanted to. There's the music education side and, and learning more about that. And there's, again, just about studying music more from an analytical approach and then just kind of actively engaging in music. And so musicology, I guess, to answer that question is, it can mean a lot of different things to, depending on the musician and what they want to specialize in, but it's really just the study of music. And so it's, and again, music being the subjective thing that it is, it leads to a lot of different research possibilities. And, for the next question for about how you get to, or I guess how I got to then bring in indigenous methodologies into it is really just, again, that music can be anything that we want it to be. And so with my background being indigenous and it being important to me and music being important to me, it only makes sense to tie the two together and hand in a research project that you know includes indigenous ways of knowing, especially in our climate today, I know not just society, but universities themselves are um, really pushing to in, be more inclusive and include more 
kind of different ways of knowing. And so I think I'm also at the right place at the right time, being an indigenous scholar and saying, well, I wanna play music and the university's kind of like, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Let's, let's hear what you have to say and let's hear what you have to do. And so, yeah, it's really just been what I've been able to make of it. That's really cool. I Now I have two questions. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you both of them and then you can pick what order you want to answer them <laughs> in. Um, so I guess the first question uh, would be what, um, what are Indigenous methodologies and what sets it apart from kind of traditional methodologies? And the second question is, Obviously, you're doing an original research project. So what specifically are you doing for that project? Um, yep, so I can start with what exactly are Indigenous methodologies. And what Indigenous methodologies really focus on is allowing for subjectivity in research. There's this notion in Western um, research, uh, not Western, the university, but westernized ways of thinking that heavily kind of recognize empiricism and like objective truth where indigenous methodologies are much more about the subjectivity and things and someone's own truth is still can be true to them. And so with music, again, it kind of go hand in hand because there was always, I feel in my opinion, a struggle to include music in universities, but kind of put music under this microscope of objectivity when really music is so subjective and it means so many different things to different people. And so right off the bat, indigenous methodologies is honoring subjectivity in your research and also becoming your research. It's not about separating yourself from your research and looking at it from afar. It's actively engaging in what you're doing which brings me to what I'm doing as my project is actively making music and writing an album. And so it kind of goes hand in hand. There's a new field of research that's emerging called research creation. And it champions this idea that not just musicians, but art students or people in arts can engage in their craft and they can learn from what they're doing. So for instance, I can play music and while I'm playing music, I can actively reflect and I can think, wow, playing this music really makes me happy right now. I'm in a good mood. And right there is a form of research. I can then afterwards be, wow, I just learned something. I learned that playing music makes me happy, right? So that's kind of a very broad way to look at it. But again, it doesn't have to be complicated. And so, again, with indigenous methodologies, there's this word and this idea called reflexivity. And that's pretty much, um, it's, it means the importance of reflecting, right? So again, indigenous methodology, it's all about subjectivity and it's all about reflecting. You should be actively reflecting throughout the process when you're researching and what you're doing. And you should be actively reflecting afterwards on what you've done. And again, it's this idea that you're learning more about yourself when you reflect and also with indigenous music in general it is it's such a powerful being and it has the power to connect people to themselves to their culture to community and with indigenous methodologies with the power of reflection again with all a lot of beliefs in indigenous culture 
not just mine, there's the idea of interconnectedness. And that's the idea that, again, everything is connected in this world. And so, again, when you transfer it over to the research side, everything is connected in your research, right? So you can't simply remove yourself from the research process and look at it in an objective way. It's just, it can't be done. It's everything's connected. You're connected through your research. And you're always learning. It's always a process that's moving. And so it's been fun to kind of be in this state of a different way of thinking that I didn't normally think when I was in university. And more just like everything I'm doing is reflecting back to my music. When I talk with somebody or when I go up to my community and I have a conversation with community members or an elder, that's informing my music making process. And I'm going to go back and I, that's going to weave its way in, right? And um, yes, that is a little <laughs> a tidbit, I guess. Yeah, I, I, while listening to you, I think it's like, so powerful that message because from being from a science perspective our let's say like our idea or like the basic idea that we have is that we have like some very uh close approach to what correct research is and like there's this way you have to follow a very specific methodology in order for your results to be valid and everything like that so i, I am wondering uh the idea that we have in mind of how to do research is uh, we have one question that we want to solve. That's how we usually approach to research, right? Like there's a specific question. And uh, I am sensing that you have a different idea or like with indigenous methodologies, you have like a different approach to it. So I'm wondering if you have a specific question or you like allow yourself to discover the questions that will lead your research through the process of researching itself? How, how does it work for you? Yeah, uh, I think the answer to that question is yes and no. I think, again, the process in itself is open because it allows for kind of for knowledge to be found along the way and for new discoveries to be found. So you have to leave yourself open to find these things that you may not have been necessarily open to if you set a direct question. But at the same time, there are questions that I'm keeping in mind throughout the process. Um, so this research creation paradigm, that's kind of this new emerging field, there's kind of two uh, separate ideologies about it. And that's practice-led research and practice-based research. And so the idea of being practice-based research is that you're learning from the artifact or album that you create and practice-led research is you are learning new things about practice as you're practicing. And so then when you kind of go those different approaches, it will lead you to different answers, right? So if you're going a practice-led approach, you're specifically looking for new ways to inform your practice. So for instance, if I go into the studio and I record something and I think, okay, this take, I'm only gonna record to tempo. And then I play and I'm just not having a good time and it's miserable and I can't do it because tempo is just hard to do. And so at the end of that, I learned, okay, maybe I didn't like playing the tempo. And then the next day I say, okay, I'm gonna try not playing the tempo. And I record a tempo or I'm sorry, I don't record a tempo and I'm much happier. It's, it's a lot more freeing. It's a lot more less stressful, right? Because if 
you know, if I, if I slip in time a little bit, it's not as bad. And so at the end of that, I say, okay, I now know that I don't like playing the tempo. And so that's something I've learned about practicing and about the process. And so, again, it depends what you're, what you're, what you're aiming to do. If you're learning, if you want to learn more about practice or if you want to learn about kind of music overall. And again, it's, there's so much overlap. And for instance, for my research uh, creation project, I'm kind of doing, it's an overlap, it's a hybrid because I'm learning, I'm going to be learning about both. I'm learning things that inform my practice and then I'll be learning things about my album. So then to get into the specific question of that, I really want to focus on one, the power of music as a form of reconciliation. And if music can act as a form of reconciliation, and so that's a main question that's in my head all the time. And that's going to be something that I reflect on at the end process. And I'll have an answer. I will either say, no, music can't be a form of reconciliation, or yes, it can be. In this case, I'm already arguing that yes, it can be. And so my research will only kind of further argue why music can act as a form of reconciliation. And so, yeah, there are some specific questions that I am kind of keeping in mind that is, is kind of um, leading my research and leading my practice. But at the same time, it's also very open and I can learn things along the way. That's really interesting. Um, would you be willing to give us, I guess, a, a sneak peek of your argument as to uh, why this is the, this is what you've decided to argue. Um, you know, obviously you went in with a, with a question as whether or not music can be used as a form of reconciliation and you've clearly picked a side of that. So um, why, why that side? Yeah. So as I was speaking to earlier of how the power of music to kind of connect to history and culture and community. Um, music has this ability to do all this. And so we can learn about indigenous history. We can learn about indigenous culture through music. In fact, you really can't understand a lot of indigenous music and the subjects and issues they're singing about without truly understanding the history of indigenous peoples in this country now. And so when we, normalize the inclusion of indigenous music and indigenous themes and indigenous stories um, and issues in music. Again, that's a form of reconciliation right away. You're kind of bringing indigenous ideas to popularity or to society and educating people. And then from a standpoint of within academia, even the fact that a university would allow a project to um, include indigenous methodologies is a form of reconciliation. It's including indigenous methodologies in university and trying to um, get other perspectives and other ways of knowing and other ways to go about knowledge. And so there's really many ways that music can be a form of reconciliation. And again, arguing this idea that indigenous methodologies or just indigenous ways of knowing there's no bad songs, no good song, the song is really not important. It's about the process. It's what you're, again, what you're reflecting on while you're singing. It's what you're feeling while you're singing. It's what you're thinking about while you're singing. If you're thinking about your community, even just the notion of 
again, a concept in indigenous methodology is called self-location. Is thinking about your community and thinking about your culture while you're performing music. Again, that is a form of reconciliation. I'm just more actively thinking about my culture and thinking about my people and thinking about what I can do for them and how my research will benefit them. And so, again, bringing this notion into universities that there's no such thing as a good or bad song, music is just music, again, is a form of reconciliation that allows indigenous knowledge and these ideas about music to now be present in university where in academia, the thought was really, there was such thing as a good and bad song. And that's, there's this idea that you can't go to university unless you're a virtuoso or unless you're a genius and you can pass theory and you know how to ear train, right? And so that idea is kind of being dismantled by indigenous methodologies and by their approaches to music. And that's again, why you hear this, like what does the decolonized education look like? And so that is very much the idea of subjectivity and allowing music to just be music and kind of get away from the product and the, oh, this is, these are the steps you have to do to get a hit song and to be famous and move away again further from this is theory and you have to analyze this and more to the process too. We should just get students playing music and reflecting on the process and reflecting on what they've learned about themselves and their community and culture. And again, just bringing that idea into university, into music education is a form of reconciliation. And then again, there's just the ideas of what I'm actually singing about. In my album, I have a song that I sing about the creation story. Again, that's just a form of reconciliation. I'm bringing indigenous ideas and concepts and themes to the quote unquote mainstream, you know, into music where it's not normally heard. That, that, that's actually what leads me to my next question that I've been thinking all this time while you mentioned about your culture. Uh, I will like, will you like to share with us uh, maybe some background of your community and for example, which type of music they, do they do and which kind of um, topics inform their songs and uh, the, the, the music and their maybe rituals that they do. Will you, will you like to share that with us? Yeah. So to answer your question, my community is Ojibwe Anishinaabe. We're up in the Lake Simcoe area. Um, we, the music that comes from there, I mean, traditionally it's, um, your, you have hand drums and rattles and vocables and pow singing. Um, but this idea of what indigenous music is and what it sounds like, it's kind of, this is an idea that I've been thinking about throughout my research process. And through my research, I've found more and more the idea that indigenous music is really just done by indigenous musicians. And so it can really be anything. And there's, again, this idea of society that when they hear the word indigenous music, they think, okay, I'm gonna hear hand drums, I'm gonna hear vocables, I'm gonna hear rattle, I'm gonna hear, quote unquote, the traditional singing of indigenous people that I'm usually here in media and what's portrayed in culture and things like that. And what we're finding is that indigenous music is really just a vast range of anything from funk to rap to acoustic 
you know, to, to anything. And again, it's just, it's the ideas thinking about, I think that it's more uniquely indigenous than more of kind of what it sounds like, because there's a lot of differences in what it sounds like, but generally they're all kind of singing about their experiences as indigenous people in Canada, um, positive and negative. And this idea of indigenous beliefs such as interconnectedness and love for all your relations. And so I think that's what separates indigenous music more from the westernized music. And so as far as it sounds like, um, again, for my album that I'm working on, I'm really trying my best to kind of experiment with all sorts of different styles and sounds, whether it be, you know, just a, a plain acoustic song or whether it be then a kind of a more funk song with bass and kind of electric guitars and trumpets and things. So it's been fun to experiment with different styles of music. And it's also, again, it's, it's interesting to keep in mind to me what indigenous music is. And for my album as well, I have indigenous um, hand drums um, being tied in. I made a drum or hand drum with my sister, my twin sister back in the fall. That was a nice project for us. And then I've been using that for the, uh, for the album on some songs. I made a, my own rattle uh, with my twin sister. Again, that's been something that it's been fun to experiment with and get on the album. So it's it's funny. It's it's a weird feeling because at the same time I say, well, indigenous music is it can be anything. It doesn't have to have hand drums. It doesn't have to have it can you know rattles. It can be anything. But at the same time, I feel that I want to include some indigenous sounds. I want to include some indigenous um, singing. And so I think the answer is going to be different for every musician and every indigenous musician, what they feel is indigenous music. But I think they'll probably have an answer closely along to mine is that music is music and it's <laughs> music is music is music. That's awesome. You mentioned, um, you know, some kind of stereotypes that folks might hold about what indigenous music is and what it is not. And where do you, where do you believe that those come from? Yeah, I think these beliefs are just kind of what's being perpetuated in the media and in culture um, throughout history. Um, when we see Indigenous people portrayed in media and in film, we see them very much the traditional look of what we think they'd look like, you know, dressed in leather with their face painted and they're playing the drum and they're chanting and they're playing the rattle. Whereas nowadays you'll find that a lot of indigenous musicians just are engaging in, you know, modern music, modern sounds, you know, and there's a much more melting pot that's happening within music. And so you're going to find a lot of different kind of concoctions and styles of music mixed together. It's not just straight cut. This is indigenous music. Here's the hand drum and here's some vocables. And that's what it is. It's actually much more, Kind of, it's growing and it's adapting it's very fluid and I don't think that's kind of being depicted in mainstream media the mm -hmm. fact that indigenous musicians can be rappers and they can engage in funk and they can also be classical musicians they can play the violin and they can play the cello right and you just kind of don't see um, indigenous people engaging in this kind of these styles you only ever see the hand drum and the rattle and the vocables I'm really curious, are you 
creating all the music for this yourself or are you working with your community as well to have them involved in the creation? Yeah, so a lot of it is myself. I'm composing a lot of the music and a lot of the lyrics. But again, as I kind of talked about earlier, music is an ever-changing process. It's a fluid process. And so every I'm collaborating with so many people. And in fact, you know, this conversation is going to, it's having, it's me reflecting on my album and on my research process as well. And after this, you know, radio uh, talk show, I'm going to reflect and that's going to inform my music process. And, you know, you're part of the album, right? And so that's kind of, an indirect way of looking at it. Or for instance, if uh, some of my, like the creation story has been shared to me by some, by my mother and by my community members. And so in a way they've collaborated with me on the album, right? Some advice I've gotten from people, for instance, um, my cousin told me, don't let perfect be the enemy of good, you know? Don't let, right? Yeah. And so that has informed the album. Now I each take, you know, it's, I'm going about it a different way. And then there's a more direct approach, right? My cousin is going to be playing bass on the album. I have my uh, twin sister, she's gonna be singing on the album. So then you have direct influences that are directly affecting the style and they're gonna bring their own sound to it. And they're gonna bring their own style to it. And that's gonna be part of the writing, part of the music creation process. So the collaboration on it will be vast to kind of, I think, the best way to put it because everyone's always everything's interconnected right everything's fluid and so i'm always being influenced by the world around me by people around me and that's going into my music process and will be in the final album when can we expect that final album to come out so hopefully it will be next year we're looking at a release date of some sort i got to finish it this summer and write it and then I have to reflect on the overall process in the fall. And then I have to defend it. And then I will graduate and then I will release it and start the next chapter of my life and promote it and see where that goes. That is super exciting. And I think we will all be waiting and listening when it comes out. Um, unfortunately, we are just about out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Now, if anyone wants to learn more about your research or hear any of your music, is there a website that they can go to or any social media that you'd like to share? Yeah, uh, you can follow my Spotify and Apple Music or uh, under, it's just Eric Zwicker. Uh, sounds, how it sounds, E-R-I-C-Z-W-I-C-K-E-R. -E um, that's where you can find my early music that I've done whether I release this final album under my name or not is yet to be seen, but there will be announcements on my Spotify and Apple Music about um, future music. So Eric Zwicker, you can find it all there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Rosemary, with my co-hosts, Laura, and Elizabeth. And Laura was also our producer for the show today. We have been speaking with Eric Zwicker. If you'd like to be involved with the show, uh, get in contact with us at our email at gradcastradio at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at gradcastradio. 
To listen to us, we're on Radio Western 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes on our website at gradcast.ca or on podcast apps like Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Alternatively, select podcasts have been uploaded to YouTube at Gradcast Radio. Thank you for listening and have a great night.